With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. good boys and girls welcome to two for the podcast today is friday the 10th of september we're brought to you by eplindex.com and our presenting sponsor liberty shield liberty shield is a vpn provider a virtual privacy network allows you to go online change your location access things like american netflix or anything you're geo-blocked from while also keeping your data safe libertyshield.com use the code EPLVPN, get 20 percent off hardware or software packages we're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops on Etsy. You can actually search them on the EPL Index and Anfield Index websites or just download the Etsy app and search for them there. Right, folks, it is Friday, which means I am joined by Mr. Guy Drinkle. But before I bring Guy in, uh, slight mistake yesterday, talking about players, the best players not to play at a World Cup. And I said Alan Hansen was the best Liverpool player not to play at a World Cup. Alan Hansen played at the 1982 World Cup, which I had completely overlooked. For some reason, I thought Scotland didn't qualify. Um, I was born in 1982, so that is uh, that World Cup is a little bit before my understanding of what was going on around me, given I was three months old. Uh, so thank you to Eddie Gibbs for pointing that one out. Uh, did have somebody mention to me like Maradona getting left out of the 78 World Cup. I did consider him, but he did play in 82, 86, 90 and 94. So I didn't think I could use him. So in that case, the best Liverpool player to not play the World Cup is in fact Ian Rush. Uh, so that's that. Uh, Mr. Drinkle, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I am tremendous on a Friday. Absolutely tremendous. And we have real football back. Ten beautiful Premier League games, sans Brazilian players. But <laughs> I'm looking forward to this weekend. There's some good games. Yes, that don't involve international teams, which is the best thing, because watching an England game was very painful. Um, but we'll get into the proper football, and the half-12 kickoff uh, this weekend is Crystal Palace v table-topping Spurs. How do you see this one? Yeah, so Palace have made a pretty decent start to the season with two points from the first three games. It's not ideal by any stretch. They would have preferred, I'm sure, to win one of these three games at least. But they were pretty comprehensively beaten by Chelsea on the opening day. They got a draw against Brentford at home. That's the one I think they'll be disappointed with. But 
really impressed with them last time out against West Ham. Thought they showed proper fight, proper determination to battle their way back into that game. Going into this weekend, they've got no Elise, no Milivojevic, no Schlupp, no Eberici Ezi, and no Nathan Ferguson. So that's a bit of a blow for them. Um, but they can take some confidence from, you know, back-to-back draws, get a little bit of time off, more work with Vieira on the training ground, and hopefully we see a step up in level from them this weekend. Tottenham, like you said, top of the league, three wins from three. They've been very, very impressive. They've only scored three goals, but they haven't conceded any. And they've beaten good teams. You know, Manchester City are a very, very good team. Wolves are a pretty good team. Watford, I don't know yet. But, you know, to beat City, to beat Wolves, to beat Watford, you're not going to complain too much. Uh, I think they'll be looking to get more goals into the team with Kane back in the fold and he got some goals in the international break. And hopefully he's over the the summer's comedy show with Manchester City. Now, they will be without Romero, Lo Celso and Davinson Sanchez due to quarantine regulations. Stephen, Stephen Bergvine's a doubt. Youngman Son is a doubt. Ryan Sessegnon is a doubt. Oli Skip is unlikely to play. And Tangoy Valley, we just don't know yet. Um, with the transfer window closed, though, hopefully he will work his way back in to the Spurs fold soon and we'll get to see what a player he can be. I think Spurs will win this game. I think they, with Kane and Son, I just think they'll have too much for Palace. Delhi's in great form. Heusberg's in good form. It's a little bit of a concern at the back with no Romero, no Sanchez. So they will have Eric Dyer playing next to, I would guess, Joe Roden. Mm. Unless they play Tanganga, Tanganga Central. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Emerson Royale at right back. And it might be too soon for Emerson just yet, but I still think they'll win the game. I think they'll concede their first goal of the season, but I think they'll score three. I'm going to go 3-1 to Tottenham. Yeah, I think it'll be a decent game, to be fair. I think early kickoff and stuff like that going to Sellhurst, it'll be a, not, it'll be a, a challenge for them. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to the relegation six-pointer. Uh, early one in the season, especially for Arsenal, Dave. Yeah, I mean, the start of this season couldn't have gone any worse for Arsenal. It's like fair enough; they had a tough start. It wasn't like they had an easy run of schedule, a run of fixtures. Brentford away, their first game in the Premier League, first time that new stadium of theirs has been, you know, been full. Um, it was always going to be a little bit of a tricky one, but Arsenal were so poor on that Friday night. They just didn't turn up at all. You never fancied them to get anything against Chelsea, but the way Chelsea just rolled over them was, was somewhat embarrassing. And then City just wiped the floor with them without ever really getting out of second gear. Xhaka got that stupid red card and they just folded. It's a really bad start for Arsenal. Three games, three defeats, no goals scored, nine conceded, bottom of the league. The only team with a worse defensive record so far has been Norwich. But when you look at who Norwich have played, Liverpool, Man City and Leicester, like 
that's a harder run than Arsenal have had. They conceded three at home to Liverpool, five at City, the same as, as Arsenal, and then they, they conceded two to Leicester. They were unfortunate not to get a point in that Leicester game, I thought. Mm. Uh, both of them went out and ran amok in the, uh, in the League Cup. Norwich beat Bournemouth, Arsenal beat West Brom. But Arsenal acted as if they'd won the World Cup. Norwich just were quite happy. They didn't behave like they'd done something special. I think Arsenal should win this game, but you know they're going to be without quite a few players. Xhaka is suspended. Elneny is injured. Uh, it looks like Ben White is back, so that'll be a plus for Norwich. Uh, Emil Smith-Rowe is a doubt. Kalasnic is a doubt. Tomiyasu is a doubt because he's only just arrived and he's not fully up to speed. Thomas Partey is back in training, though, as, an, as is Eddie and Kethia. So those are two pluses. Uh, Norwich, Christian Solis is a little bit of a doubt coming back off the international break. I think he picked up a little niggle, but he should be fine. Bally Mumba's out, Placetta's out, and Sam Byram is out. Norwich will be closer to full strength than Arsenal, but I still think Arsenal should get a result here. I'll say 2-1 to Arsenal, but it may just be that I'm picking this based on the fact that they're Arsenal rather than what they are right now, because what they are right now is not good at all. And I think Arteta is going to be under real pressure. Like, if they were to lose this game, they go to Mm. Burnley next, which will be horrible for them. Then they get Tottenham at home. And then it's Brighton away. Like, this is kind of their easiest game for a little while. After that, then, it's Crystal Palace at home on on October 18th. Again, one you'd fancy them to win. Aston Villa at home. That'll be a tough one. I think that's a Friday night kickoff. And then they get Leicester away. That's their first 10 games. There's not a whole lot of games in that run that you would say are really winnable for Arsenal or that you would expect them to win. You'd probably expect them to beat Palace at home. I think you might expect them to beat Brighton away. And this one, that's three wins. Mm. And maybe a draw at Burnley, you know, a draw at home to Villa. That's that's eight points from ten games. That's really, really not going to... This is Arsenal we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. How can Arsenal be... I know know they may win these games, but how can... I know it's been a long-standing issue with physical teams, but how can Arsenal... And I feel the same, because you watch them and they'll get bullied, but this is Arsenal. They should not be worried about going to Burnley or playing Burnley or no, playing they shouldn't, Brighton. But like, if you like, what we know what's going to happen when Burnley play Arsenal. They're going to play the two big lads up front, Barnes and Chris Wood, and they're going to pump balls into that box non-stop. And they're going to put Chris Wood standing on Ben White, and he's just going to maul him because Ben White is one of the worst centre backs in the league when it comes to aerial duels. And Chris Wood is the best forward in the league in that regard. So that that is just going to be the plan. And the mm. the thing with that is Burnley don't need to have the ball a lot to do that. Burnley can launch that long ball yeah. from the fullbacks, from the goalkeeper. Whenever they pick up possession, they can just look to hit Chris Wood on the long ball. And Ben White's not going to be able to deal with that. Brentford bullied them. Brentford, who are not a physical team. Ivan Tony took them in. Yeah, literally. And Ivan Tony's a better player than Chris Wood. 
but he's not better in the air than Chris Wood. No. And yet he dominated them. Lukaku's an, a monster. And he's not better in the air than well, Chris Wood. Never mind Tony. Oh, exactly. So, I, I, I think Arteta will be doing well if he's still in his job come November time. Well, I'll ask you this. I, mean, I won't even say if they lose. If they don't win against Norwich, truly... He's got to start coming under real pressure if they don't win this one. He has got to start coming under pressure. Like, and you don't, again, you don't want to go to Burnley with your job hanging over you. And then you've got Tottenham in, in the North London Derby. Like, and again, they're top of the league. What if, if Tottenham are still top of the league and you're still bottom of the league going into that game, if you're still bottom of the league after six, you know, in in match week six, and they roll in top of the table and they beat you, and you, if if we're all being honest, looking at it now, I would expect Tottenham to beat Arsenal quite comfortably. Now I know derbies are different, and I know that the atmosphere will be different, and I know that sometimes we get weird results in derbies, and there has been times when you know the last what, five, six years, Spurs have just been a better team than Arsenal, flat out a better team. And there's been times where they've turned up at Arsenal and just not performed and Arsenal have gotten Mm. the win. But if they roll in top of the table and Arsenal are still lumbering about, you know, even if they're not bottom, if they're bottom three and Spurs win and win comfortably, like, the atmosphere, the mood is going to be so toxic. I don't think Arteta could survive that. I think he at least needs to win the next two games before going into that Tottenham game, or he is going to be in major trouble. I think he'll do well to see November this year, being honest. I I, I give him the 10 games as a max. I think the over-under is set at 10. He's going to need to turn things around really, really quickly. Now, it's not outside the realms of possibility. I mean, if they did roll off three or four wins in a row... He did it last year, to be fair. That's exactly it. You know, and look, Ollie has done this a bunch of times at United. Just when you think the hammer's about to fall, they roll off three or four wins in a row and everybody forgets about it until the next time they have a bad run. So maybe Arteta can do it again. Like you said, he did it last year. I think he did it twice last year, in truth. But one of the times at the start of last season when things were going really, really badly... And then he switched the system for that Chelsea at home game and they managed to beat them. Maybe, maybe that Tottenham game is the game he manages it this year, but I, I have major doubts. I will say Arsenal to win this game, but I still don't like their outlook over the next 10 games or over the next seven games, rather. Or the next, uh, 35. <laughs> <laughs> um, Next up then, Battle of the Bees, Brentford v Brighton. Um, start on Brighton for a for a sec. Couple of news sat. Well, no, not a couple. Uh, got Cucurella might be in line for a start, and I saw Graham Potter mention Lacadia's name for some reason. Who, yeah, he fits the Brighton striker mold. But um, he does yeah. lots of missed chances. Yeah, uh, do you think uh, Cucurella could add something on the left hand side? Oh yeah, massively. He's a he's a really really good player. Um, I think Solly March is back. He Cucurella's meant to be fit and ready to go. Aaron Connolly's a bit of a doubt. I think Lacadi is ruled out because he lacks fitness, but he is back among the squad, among the group, after a couple of failed loans. 
Um, Dan Byrne is out. Tariq Lamptey's still out. Which... It's weird, isn't it? It's so strange how long he's been out with a thigh injury. Um, Potter says the possibility he could be involved in the Carabao Cup. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that he gets back soon. But it's it's been a long time. You'd have to imagine that was like a quad tendon or something, not just a thigh injury, mm. but a quad tendon or something like that. It must have been nearly a uh, year by now. So the last... He started last season on fire, didn't he? And then he just wasn't there. Right, so on March 12th, after being sidelined since picking up an injury, a hamstring injury in a nil-nil draw against Fulham on the 16th of December, it was announced he'd missed. He missed the rest of the season. So he hasn't played since the 16th of December. Mm. Hamstring injury, again, is it like it, it can't? Maybe, maybe he tore the hamstring clean off the bone, but I, I don't know. Like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well that he's been out nine months with that type of injury. Mm. Especially, like he's only twenty. So, like fingers he's really crossed, fast, he gets, but he's quite small, isn't he? So, he's five foot four. Yeah, yeah, he's tiny. Fingers crossed, he's back soon, and because he's so exciting to watch, and the idea of him and Cucurella's wing backs together will be. It'll be fantastic to see. Um, as for Brentford, Onyeka is back after COVID. Sorensen and De Silva still ruled out. So both sides will be close to full strength. The only real starting person who'll be missing for Brighton is Lamptey. Um, they should still have enough to put up a, you know, a pretty good performance here. I think I'm going to go for a draw. I do like Ivan Tony's chances of scoring in this game. Mm-hmm. I, I think they'll struggle to deal with with his his movement, his physicality, how quick he is at getting a shot away. I think they'll struggle with the with Mbomo's uh, movement, cutting in off the sides, his pace. I, I like the draw here. I think it'll be a fun game. I'm going to go two two. Yeah, I can see goals in that. Um... Next up, and somehow this is a three o'clock kickoff and not on TV, and you probably say the same about the next one as well, is Leicester against Man City. Um, yeah, Leicester not started the season as you'd expect. I mean, a couple of good results, but got tonked by um, West Ham, didn't they? Mm. Man, Man City looked good other than the, the Spurs game. Uh, maybe just settling in after the uh, international competition and stuff like that. But yeah... Leicester seem to always do quite well against City because that's what they're built for. But, yeah, the way their defence and Amati and uh, Sionchu seems to be the only fit centre-backs unless anything's changed in the international break. You'd have to make City favourites, wouldn't you? Oh, you definitely would. Even with City likely to be missing Ederson. Now, as we record this, there's still no word on whether the Brazilians are going to be allowed to play this weekend or not. So as things stand... Uh, Phil Foden is is likely out for City. Gabriel Jesus is serving this five day ban, as is Ederson. De Bruyne is a doubt. Benjamin Mendy is suspended because of things that have gone on. Uh, Zach Steffen has COVID. Americ Laporte is a doubt, which isn't good at all. And Liam Delap is out. 
that's a lot of players for City to be missing. But like you said, Leicester missing a lot as well. Aosi Perez suspended. Ryan Bertrand should be back, which is a, a, a good thing for them. But Vestergaard and Evans don't look to be fit just yet. Mm. Progressing well, they're going to assess them before assess both of them before the game. They'll hope to have them back, but it doesn't look likely. Uh, Ricardo Pereira is back fit, so that's good. James Justin, Wes Fafana, and Nampali's Mendy all ruled out. Uh, long well, Justin and Fafana ruled out long term. Um, this is tough for Leicester because. They haven't started the season well, despite winning two of their games. If Adama Traore could finish, they would have lost that opening game. He had two golden opportunities, and, and Wolves had a couple of others. That Leicester didn't play well in that game. They got walloped by West Ham. And in truth, Norwich deserved a draw last time out. So they're very, very fortunate that they have six points and not one, or, or two. You know, they could have got the draw against Wolves, but... Mm-hmm. Either way, they haven't started the season in good form, and this is a very tough game for them. Without, without Evans, you do just look at that defence and think, who's actually organising things here? Sayuncu is in the worst run of form of his career. He had a bad end to last season. He had a dreadful Euros, and he started this season in terrible form, and he got sent off in the, in the week for the Turkish national team. That's Brendan Rodgers' tax all day long, but it's really concerning. I think he'll be better once he gets Evans back next to him. But I also think he likes having Fafana there because he has that extra covering pace. So I think I think it's going to be a long season for Leicester. I, I said when I did my predictions, I think they'll finish sixth. I think they've missed their window to get top four. I think they could get top four under a, a better manager. And Rodgers is a good manager. Uh, he can't coach a defence to save his life, but he's a really inventive attacking manager. But if you put like a Conte or a, a Klopp or a Pep in charge of this squad, they'd absolutely get top four. There's no question. But Rodgers will have a ceiling on what he can do with them. Um, even with Scott Carson out, I do fancy City because if De Bruyne is out, they'll just play Bernardo Silva mm. in midfield. Um, so that's, I mean, he's, he's brilliant. Foden would be a sub. Gabby Jesus would be a sub. They're better off at left back. Laporte is a big bloke. Stones, regardless of last season, Stones isn't as good. Hopefully Laporte is fine because he's, he's playing well this year. Mm-hmm. Like you said, City have looked really impressive the last two games, walloping Norwich, walloping Arsenal. Um, had that bad first game when Pep decided to play Jack Grealish in midfield, and it was a disaster. I think he's very quickly learned that Jack Grealish can't play in midfield. I think City will win this game, Manchester City, that is. But I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. I have no idea how this game is a 3 p.m. kickoff on a Saturday. Mm. I really don't understand. Like, with respect... This game should have been either the 12.30 kickoff on TV, the 5.30 kickoff on TV, or the Monday night game. The only thing about that is Champions League back, isn't it? Champions League is back. So it couldn't have been that game. But it could have been the 5.30 kickoff or the um, the 12.30 kickoff. What would you rather watch? Leicester Leicester and City or Palace and Spurs? It's Leicester and City. 
I, I think you'd rather watch Leicester and City than Chelsea and Villa as well. Yeah. Should just get even though blackout rule to be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah, it, it's just it's strange. But yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go three two to City. I do think there'll be goals at both ends because you know Scott Carson, with respect, one Premier League game in a decade, not ideal. Hmm. Yeah, and, and Vardy loves playing against Man City. Maybe, maybe they play Dakar in just to have two Jamie Vardy's against Man City. Or finally start any Anacho. I know Perez is suspended, so that's probably yeah, health if anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think that'll be fun. But we'll have to wait for Matt. Well, I'll have to wait till match of the day. You can watch it in Ireland probably. Um, yes, I can indeed. Yeah. Uh, next up then, before we go into a break, Man United um, against Newcastle at Old Trafford. I'm assuming, Dave, this will be the re-debut of Cristiano Ronaldo because it's at Old Trafford, it's against the perfect opposition, and yeah, he'll probably score. Yeah, most likely. Uh, Newcastle have started the season poorly. One point from their three games, that was the last time out against Southampton. Uh, Lost to Villa, lost to West Ham, didn't look good at all. United, seven points from their three games. Now, they were a little bit fortunate against Southampton and very fortunate against Wolves. Really should have lost to Wolves. But they did wall up Leeds on the opening day and that was pretty impressive. Um, You would imagine that Cristiano Ronaldo will start. So, Rashford is out. Fred is out because of the suspension. Sancho's a doubt. Uh, He left the England group to go back. Scott McTominay is out, Alex Tellez is out, Dean Henderson is out, and as he is every week, Phil Jones is a major doubt. Matic and Pogba in midfield. Hello. Matic and Pogba is is very likely. Now, what he could do is go Matic and Donny van der Beek, play Pogba off the left, Greenwood off the right because Sancho's not fit. Uh, Bruno was the 10 and Cristiano up front. The issue with that obviously is Matic is, is painfully slow, but against Newcastle, you're not playing against a team at a lot of pace. And Joe Willock is never going to play Van der Beacon again. <laughs> well, that's the other issue. Yeah, that is, that is fair. Um, it will be the re-debut you'd imagine of Cristiano. I'd imagine he will start. We'll hear endless fawning. The lube and, and tissues will be reached for. Uh, it'll be an embarrassment, as United's Twitter feed has been for the last three days. Um, I believe in a in a 30-hour period, they put 24 tweets out about him. They're like a teenage girl or a teenage boy simping over their crush. It's embarrassing. It's It's almost as embarrassing as United fans spending 12 years behaving like Cristiano was on loan. Mortified for them. But they will win this game. He will score. I'm going to go 4-0 to United. This will be the dream debut, the the great return. Garth Crooks will have him in the team of the week. (laughs) All that kind of stuff. All the nonsense will happen. Match the day, will do 20 minutes on him. And then he'll come down to earth in a couple of weeks when they play someone good. But yeah, I'll go. I'll go 4-0 United because like you have to factor in as well. Newcastle are without a lot of players. No Dubravka, no Shelby. Uh Ryan Fraser's a doubt. Isaac Hayden is back, which is big. 
Um, no Paul, or sorry, no Callum Wilson, which is huge. They won't score a goal. And no Elliot Anderson. Paul Dummett is back, though, for, you know, good news. Um, so, yeah, Newcastle to get tonked at Old Trafford. And we'll leave it there and go to a break before I start swearing. Right, welcome back. So, um, five games down, five more to go, Guy. What do we have next? Uh, next up, we have Southampton against... How do I describe West Ham? Probably the most entertaining. I'd probably say the best... I haven't watched a lot of Spurs, but I'd probably say the best team I've seen so far is West Ham. Yeah, they've been really, really good. Really, really impressive. Really good going forward. Defensively, maybe a couple of question marks. So, they beat Newcastle 4-2, walloped Leicester 4-1. The 2-2 draw with with Palace was a little bit concerning. Um, they just looked a little bit shaky when Palace attacked them in the box. Now, Kurt Zuma is out. Um, I think he's got... I think he's gone to France for some to sort some stuff out, but he's not expected to play anyway. And Winston Reid is out. But aside from that, everybody else is fit. So... What I'm most excited for in this game is the debut of Nikola Vlasic, who I think is one of the best signings anyone made this summer. I'm very excited to see him in the Premier League with a real club, unlike the club he was at the last time, who just were a shambles. Um, Antonio's in great form. Ben Rama's playing well. Fornals is playing well. Bowen is yet to really show what he can do this season. But Suchek and Rice are in great form. I think we'll probably see Alex Kral at some point in this game. West Ham had a good window, left themselves still a little bit short up front, but all things considered a good window, and have put themselves in a good position here. Southampton, I, I just think they're so short. And when you look at Stuart Armstrong out, Shane Long has COVID, Theo Walcott is out, Will Smallbone still ruled out. That's really concerning. And they haven't started the season particularly well. Um, they were unfortunate in that game I mentioned against United. They did get a draw against Newcastle, but it took a 96-minute penalty. Um, they lost 3-1 to Everton. I think they'll lose here. I think West Ham roll in and beat them 2-1. I think they're going to struggle to cope with Antonio, in particular if he continues to play Jack Stevens. I don't think Stevens can cope with someone like Antonio. So I'll go 2-1 to West Ham as Moisey continues to really work outstanding, like produce outstanding results for, for West Ham. I, I, I think he's done an amazing job at West Ham. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think I agree. I think Southampton. Southampton are one of them teams that are either excellent or terrible, and not much in yeah. between. <laughs> There's no in between with them. Yeah, they're either really good because everything clicks, or they're really bad because nothing works. There's rarely an in between with them. It is strange. It is strange, but yeah, I think West Ham are favourites. And Moise, I, 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 as soon as someone says Moisey, it's in that accent. Everyone knows the accent. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think West Ham are rightfully favourites with that one. Now, Battle of the W's, Watford Wolves. Um, Wolves, obviously, 
are Brighton this season. They have all the XG with no goals to show for it. Whereas Watford, a couple good results, or one good result, I should say. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. I don't know what to make of this game because you'd think what uh, Wolves are performing a lot better, but Wolves. I don't know, you look at the team, I think they could hurt the defence of the of Wolves with Cody against Emmanuel Dennis, Sar on the le- on the uh, right hand side, I think. Mm. And if, if especially if Hernandez play. plays off the left, mm. um he he'll be a real threat. Now Watford, Ben Foster's a doubt, Seralto's one of those who's banned, Dan Gosling should be back, but I mean he's not really a Premier League player anymore. Joe Pedro could be back in time. He'll be a big boost for them when they get him yeah. back, and he's another one that would would embarrass Connor Cody. Uh, Kiko Femenia, he's ruled out for Wolves. Jimenez is suspended, which is a huge blow. Uh, Neto is out. Hugo Buena is out, and Johnny Otto is out. So, a little bit concerning there. Um, Wolves have played well this season, and don't deserve to have suffered three defeats, like. They deserved a draw against Leicester. At the minimum, they deserved a draw. Even Kevin DeVries said they deserved a draw against Spurs. And they deserved to beat United. They clearly deserved to beat United. They were by far the better team on the day. And the referee was an absolute disgrace with not giving Pogba the deserved red card, with not giving a penalty against Dan James. Um, Wolves were robbed in that game. They did wallop Nottingham Forest in the um, in the League Cup, which hopefully is a bit of a confidence boost for them. They're creating a lot of chances. The issue's been putting them away. They haven't scored yet. I I think they'll score in this game, but I don't think they keep a clean sheet. Like you said, Emmanuel Dennis, I think Sar will have uh, himself a, quite a bit of fun in this game. Who's their left back? Markham? Yeah. Markal or Rayanate Nuri, and I think it's Markal at the moment, so he's not ideal, especially not as a wing back. He as a full back in a four, he's fine. In a in a back three situation, you ideally want him as the left sided centre back if he's going to be in the team, though the preference would be to not have him in the team. Mm-hmm. But there he is anyway. And um you know, him, Romain Sice, I just don't like either of them against against Sar. I don't like them to be able to deal with his pace. And if he gets behind Sice, Connor Cody facing his own goal, one of the worst defenders in the league. If there's movement from Dennis in the centre in the centre, Cody's gonna be in trouble. I also think, as I said frequently during the week, Jose Sa's the worst goalkeeper in the league. Now the fellow who'll be at the other end, I think, is the second worst goalkeeper in the league in Bachman. But <laughs> I'm going to say 2-2. I think Wolves will score a couple, but I think Watford are capable of scoring as well. Uh, capable of scoring a couple as well, sorry, I should say. You know, they they beat Villa. They looked very, very good in that game. They were a little bit unfortunate against Spurs as well. Gave them a tough game. Um, they beat Palace in the League Cup. They didn't really play well against um, Brighton in the other game, but... yeah. I do think they'll have enough to get a couple of goals here. I'm going to go 2-2. For Wolves up front, just quickly on them, Fabio Silva, or would you 
tinker around, put I don't know, Adama up front, and then probably Adama up front. Is Pedence, probably play is Pedence a, a alive? Yeah, Pedence is alive and well. Um, well, I don't know how well he is, but he's <laughs> certainly alive. Um, so last time out, they played Adama, Jimenez, and Trinkio, and Pedence came off the bench along with Fabio right. Silva. So. I think I'd probably, if I was Bruno Lage, I'd probably go with Dama through the middle mm-hmm. and play Pedence in the left-sided role, Trinkau in the right. Um, I think I'd look to get then Donker into midfield for this one because I think you'll need a bit of physicality. Yeah. But nothing's going to change that back three. It is what it is. Unless Willie Bolly gets gets his place back, it's going to be Cody, Sice and Kilman, and Cody and Sice aren't good enough and neither Sa. So... Wolves, I just don't see them keeping a clean sheet here. I think Watford will get in behind them. I think they'll play at a high tempo, and Wolves won't really enjoy that. Um, I'm going to go 2-2. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, Next up, and this is the late kickoff on telly. This is on Sky for the UK people. Uh, Chelsea against Aston Villa. Chelsea, obviously, last game out against Liverpool, went down to 10 men, and then... Yeah, that that second half wasn't pretty. Um, but Villa look well, they look like a team that's trying to find their way after selling their most important player and replacing him with free. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean it's a tough one. Emmy Buendia is out of this one. Um Emmy mm-hmm. Martinez is out of this one because they obviously went to play for Argentina and have to quarantine when they return. Bertrand Traore is back, though, uh, as is Leon Bailey. Morgan Sanson is a doubt. Jacob Ramsey's back, so that's a big one, too. Ezri Konza, they're hopeful, will be fit, but they're just not sure. Trezeguet is out, Keenan Davis is out, and Carney Chukwamaka is out, which is unfortunate for him because he started the last game and yeah. actually looked quite decent. For Chelsea, Villa, that's a lot of players out for Villa. Like, But for Chelsea, Thiago Silva's ruled out because he's suspended with the Brazil nonsense. Not really an issue. He's not starting anyway. Reese James has been suspended as a blow. Angolo Kante is a doubt. Now he got he got injured, missed the Arsenal game, came back for the Liverpool game, got injured and had to go off. But they do have plenty of options in midfield with Kovacic and with Saul, so they'll be fine. The big doubt is Lukaku. Ooh. So he has had to have a scan on his thigh after playing for Belgium so if he's out that would be a huge blow I'm going to base it on him probably being fit I think he probably will be fit Uh, Christian Pulisic could also be back for this one after a bit of an ankle knock but you have to fancy Chelsea I think you just have to at home playing well looking like a team that can win the league in my view uh, thought that even when they went down to 10 men against Liverpool, they were still the more dangerous team. Mm. Villa are going to have Tyron Mings, so there's a goal conceded straight away. Um, I'll go 2-1 Chelsea. I'm basing that on Lukaku playing. If he doesn't, I'd probably fancy the draw, but I'll go 2-1 Chelsea. Yeah, makes sense, Lukaku. May not be the best player. Yeah, probably is the best player, but he's, he's certainly most important when you see what they missed last season. But yeah, exactly. that should be a good game on the late kickoff. Moving on to Sunday, and there's only one game on the Sunday for some reason. Um, Leeds against Liverpool. Um, 
I hated this fixture growing up, Dave. I won't lie. Mark Viduka haunts my nightmares. Yes, same. Uh, actually, it's funny you mention that because when we we're talking about City and earlier on, like United and Chelsea couldn't play Sunday because their Champions League game is Tuesday, but City could have played Sunday. Mm. City Leicester could have been the early kickoff on Sunday, the two the two p.m. game. So. It's just, it's so weird to me that that game wasn't moved. City Leicester is far too big a game. That's two of the it, six best teams in the country, two of the five best teams in the country. It's weird because usually when there's, when there's only limited Sunday games, it usually means like there's an old firm or something on, but that was last week. So yeah, there's, there's no reason at all for it this weekend. Yeah. Um, anyway, regarding Liverpool, uh, so for Leeds, Rafinha's out. With the suspension, Robin Cock uh, on his way back, not back yet. Matthias Glish and Junior Firpo both have COVID. Now they are expected to potentially be back, but if they're not, that would be massive for Leeds to be losing out on four likely starters. Um, for Liverpool, Alison Becker likely out with the suspension. Fabinho Tavares the same. James Milner's back in training. I don't think he'll feature. Harvey Elliott's back. Uh, he got a little niggle at the internationals, but he's he's okay. Virgil van Dijk is fine. Bobby Firmino's ruled out with an injury. Taki, Taki Minamino's ruled out with an injury. And Nico Williams is out with an injury, which nobody's really mentioned. Um, but people might need to update that depth chart that's going around on Twitter because uh, Nico Williams is injured as well. This is going to be a really tough game. Like you said, Leeds have, Leeds have just caused Liverpool heartache over the years. Um, at home, full house. There's always been a strong rivalry between the two teams. There's a, it's not a, a dislike. It's a healthy distaste for for each club. <laughs> um, I'm going to. I think I'm going to go draw. I think I'm going to go two two. No, you know what? I'm not. I'm not because let's be honest about this now. Leeds are the worst team in the league when it comes to defending set pieces. And Liverpool are really good at attacking set pieces. Well. Liverpool are Virgil van Dijk. He's really good at attacking set pieces. Yeah, but we also have Robertson taking half our corner. Yeah, my my (laughs) thought here is Robertson Robertson doesn't start. That's true, yeah. Simica starts and Robertson plays Milan in the week. I'm going to say Liverpool win this game, actually. Now, I think Leeds will score because Kelleher's not great. And our midfield, we've got. But they don't have Rafinha, so I don't think they get two. I think they'll get one. I'll go three-one Liverpool. Yeah, it should. Be. I think this is probably one of the more intriguing games, mainly because this must be the one most affected by the weird ban things. Yeah, three players out. It's the only one yeah. where both teams. This is the thing. So the clubs were told: if you play your players, you'll forfeit the game and lose the game three-nil. Both teams can't lose the game three-nil. So. You know, if both could come to an agreement to play them, I, I don't think anyone would have a real a real leg to stand on. I'd guess um, they'd just give us both zero points. Probably, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, still nothing on that on that ban update anyway. Yeah, um, but yeah, be. I'll go three one Liverpool. Yeah, it should be a fun game. I mean, I think every Leeds game is a fun game <laughs> anyway. Exactly. So yeah, that's so yeah, exactly it. Should be, it. Yeah. 
should be a good one. Uh, last up then, the Monday night game, uh, Everton welcome Burnley. Um, Rafa against Sean Dyche. Mm. I almost said this might be a good game, but I don't think it will be. <laughs> uh, I don't think it'll be pretty anyway. Uh, um, so Everton have some concerns. Ben Godfrey's not yet back from COVID. Jerry Mina still got that little hamstring issue that's caused him some trouble. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is a doubt. It'd be a disaster if he missed out. James Rodriguez, I don't think, will play for Everton again. He shouldn't. Be. Fabian Delph is out. And Seamus Coleman's out. So their options at right back are a little bit thin. Especially if Mina and Godfrey are out. Because if Mina and Godfrey are out, they're going to have to play Holgate at centre-back. Which maybe means John Joe Kenny at right back? That's yeah, not I ideal. So, yeah. Not ideal. He's a decent... Don't get me wrong, he's a decent player, but he barely played for Everton. Um, Did he play at Celtic? He well, was Celtic. He went alone too, wasn't he? Was he's all right? He wasn't great. And mm. um, they weren't they weren't looking to keep him. Schalke weren't looking to keep him when he went on loan there. He did score a world when he was at Schalke though. Um, yeah, that's if you if they roll in with with him and Michael Keane as two as half of their defence. That's not not ideal, but you know it is what to, it is. Especially to be fair, Cal- I think Keane probably suits playing against. Meat and potato. Burnley. Yeah. Yeah, he'll excuse me, he'll suit playing against um against Burnley for sure. And he knows he knows how Burnley play. He was there for long enough. Um Burnley though, not without their own issues. Connor Roberts is out. Um Nathan Collins is a doubt. Max Cornett doesn't seem to be fully up to fitness yet. Dale Stevens and Kevin Long are out, but neither of them would have played anyway. Um but Cornett Collins and Roberts were their three summer signings. So not ideal to have all of them out. Um, given it's at Goodison, that does obviously stand in Everton's favour. And Everton have made a good start to the season with the win over Southampton, the draw at Leeds, where they probably should have won, took a worldie from Rafinha to get the, the draw for Leeds. And then they beat Brighton and they look pretty good beating Brighton as well. So... Rafa has them playing well. Burnley, it's not been the ideal start of the season, just the one point so far. Now, I would argue that they were unfortunate against Brighton. They probably should have won that game. They never really got close to t- touching Liverpool at all. Um, and they got the draw with Leeds, which was a, a pretty good game. And again, they probably should have won that game. Bamford with the late goal. I'll go with a, with a home win. I'm going to go with Calvert-Lewin playing. So I'll go 2-1 to the Ev. Calvert-Lewin to score. I think he's going to score a lot this season. Um, But yeah, I'll go 2-1 to Everton. And that is that. That's all 10 games. Nice and quick. We didn't get caught on any of them. We didn't get. We didn't spend 20 can, minutes on Arsenal this week. We can week. still talk about Steve Bruce if you want. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're absolutely fine. Remember that week we spent like half an hour talking with Crystal Palace former managers? And then got stuck on Steve Bruce for another 15 minutes. Yeah, that was that. Um, so we will leave it there for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you to Mr. Drinkle. Enjoy your weekends. Enjoy the football. See you Monday. Bye-bye.
Social Podcast Network.